The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I got so caught up that I forgot that I usually preach with a microphone. In my hand, there is a microphone. So I believe I can go ahead and preach. Amen. Our God is an awesome God. And every time I turn around, he's blessing me. Beloved, be encouraged today, for the word of the Lord to you is simply this, that God has provided around you a wall of armor to protect you in this pandemic, to protect you from all the wiles of the enemy. And even though this enemy is invisible, he's invisible to us, but not to God. For God sees everything, and it's God that's protecting us. It's God that's keeping us. It's God that's affording us new opportunities for those with weak faith. God's given you an opportunity to strengthen your faith. For those who believe you have strong faith, God has given you an opportunity to make your faith even stronger. So the Lord is at work and God never stops working. And the Lord surely will deliver us from all the wiles of this pandemic. For the Lord himself is the one who strengthens our patience and hope. So don't give up. Don't give out. Keep on keeping on. For the Lord is building has built that wall of armor protection to keep his people. And we're going to come out of this thing better than we were before we went into this thing. For the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us, even until the end of the age. For the Lord will protect us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Today, I want you to be encouraged. I am encouraged. Notwithstanding the fact that the number of infections in this pandemic has exponentially increased. Things are getting worse rather than better. But you know what? God is still God. But God, God will see us through this thing. And you know, we can't be in a hurry. We just have to wait on the Lord. Because everything happens in his time. And he's always on time. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. So I'm grateful to God that he's kept me. I'm grateful to God that he's kept you. I'm grateful to God that he's true to all of his promises. And not one of his words, as he said about the prophet Samuel, not one of his words will fall to the ground. So if God said it, you can believe it. If God said it, you can stand on it. If God said it, 
He will surely bring it to pass. This morning, beloved, I'm reading to you once again from the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 11, the 20th verse. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So here we see once again in this passage that Jesus had spoke prophetic words to the barren fig tree. He was hungry. He wanted to eat, but yet this tree was barren. So he cursed the tree for having the appearance the tree was full of leaves, but it had no figs. Jesus cursed the fig tree, and the following morning, his disciples noticed that the tree indeed had dried up from his, its roots. So Jesus simply explained to his disciples in their dismay about this tree, he says just simply this, have faith in God. And that's a message this morning, beloved, that God is speaking to every one of our hearts. Have faith in God. In other words, have the faith that God has. Have the God kind of faith. What kind of faith does God have? What is the God kind of faith? When God speaks, it is done. When he commands, it must stand fast. God created the heavens and the earth through the spoken word. God prophesied the heavens and the earth as we know them now. So Jesus said this is all about having faith in God. Then he went on to explain further to his disciples he said, for surely, in other words, verily. In other words, this is a truth you can stand on. This is a truth that will never pass away. Whoever says unto this mountain, and whoever means you, you ever, whoever is you ever, whoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed. In other words, don't be afraid to speak to your circumstance. Don't be afraid to speak to whatever challenges you. Don't be afraid to speak to what seems to be impossible. He says, whoever, and whoever is you ever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and just don't doubt in your heart. Don't doubt it in your heart. And you shall have the things you said but the things you actually believe, he says, it will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. And today I'm continuing with part two of the message I began last week 
a series I'm entitling, You'll Have What You Say. You'll Have What You Say. And I'm calling this message today, Stinking Thinking. Stinking Thinking. Glory. Here we see in Mark chapter 11, beloved, there is power in words. He said again, there is power in words. And as long as you have the ability to speak, you have power. Jesus taught his disciples this principle of truth. And the principle is simply this. If you say it and don't doubt it, but believe the things you said, you will receive it. That was the principle. In other words, you will have what you say. What you say is what you will experience in life. If your thinking stinks with doubt, stinks with the odor of negative thoughts, you have whatsoever you think, you have whatsoever you believe, you'll have whatsoever you speak. In other words, you'll have what you say. We need to understand something here. The Lord would not have taught this principle to his disciples and the same principle being inspired by the Holy Spirit to be passed on to those of us who believe. He wouldn't have taught this principle if it were not possible. These things are possible. And the key to all these possibilities are the things we say. The things we say and don't doubt and we believe those things, then we have what we say. But we only say what we're thinking. That's what we say. And if your thinking stinks with the odor of negative thoughts, doubt, unbelief, then you'll have what you say. What we need to understand is man is naturally programmed for the negative. Did you know that? We are naturally programmed for the negative. Did you ever notice how sharp and keen some people's gift is in the gift of prophecy. But it's always negative. They're prophesying negative stuff. We're good at prophesying negative stuff. But when are we going to get, become good at, at prophesying the positive stuff? But the negative always comes much easier because we're programmed. As natural men, we're programmed for the negative. And our challenge ought to be to appeal to that inner man, that inner man of the spirit who's always positive. Paul said to the Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, why would Paul tell the Philippian Christians to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus? Because man is naturally programmed for the negative. But until we become born again, 
until we're regenerated, until we're renewed, transformed by the renewing of our minds, we're going to continue to appeal to the negative. And if you believe the negative, and you don't even doubt your own negative, but you believe the negative, then the negative will come to pass. You'll have what you say. We need to understand something. Our words have power. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2 says, we are snared by the words of our mouth. We are taken by the words of our mouth. Hear the wise writer of Proverbs. He gives us our golden nugget to live by. He says you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So what does it mean to be snared by the words of your mouth? What does it mean to be taken? Here we see in Proverbs chapter 6, we see a picture of a fowler who has set a trap to catch you, to catch fowl, to catch birds. And the writer of Proverbs says, we are snared by the words of our mouth. We're taken by the words of our mouth. To be snared is to be entrapped. The fowler sets the trap. And then the bird falls in the trap. And the bird is entrapped. But you also are taken. He says you're not only trapped by what you say, but your life is taken by what you say. So the fowler sets a trap, catches the bird. The bird is snared in the trap, in the net. And then the bird is captured. To be taken is to be captured. I don't want my life captured by negative thoughts, by stinking thinking. I don't want my life taken from me. I don't want my life snared because of the things I prophesied against myself. But the proverb says, proverb says you are surely snared by your own words. You're taken by the words of your mouth. You're entrapped and you're captured by the things you say. Many people have resigned themselves to believe that they have limitations in life. And the reason you have limitations in life is because you placed them on yourself. You placed them on yourself with your own words. But I often tell you, and perhaps I've told you this before, but imagination will change your limitation. Can you imagine yourself speaking words of faith? Can you imagine yourself having the faith of God? That imagination will change your limitation. Glory to God. As I told you last week, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You can prophesy life in your life rather than death. If you love life, then prophesy life. But if you love death, destruction and that which is dark and dismal, keep, keep speaking out of that stinking thinking. So death and life are related experiences that are programmed in us until our minds are renewed. 
You see, we weren't born with a renewed mind. But when we come to Christ through the word of God and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, our minds can become renewed. And then our death and life experiences in life are all related to that renewed mind or that unrenewed mind, whichever one it is. But I want the Lord to renew my mind. Huh? I want the Lord to renew my mind. Then Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, and I believe this is where I closed last week. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 says, Whosoever, whoever guards their mouth and tongue keeps their soul from troubles. You got to put a guard on your mouth. You got to put a guard on your tongue. If you guard your mouth and your tongue, you'll keep your soul from troubles. And then when the trouble comes, there's no sense of complaining. There's no sense of blaming God or blaming somebody else. You prophesy the things that come upon you. Even with Job, the great patriarch Job, when Job lost his health, his wealth, and his family, Job said, the things I greatly feared has come upon me. So what was Job saying? The things I have been speaking, the things I have been saying, the things I have been prophesying, those things have come upon me. Why, Job? Because you'll have what you say. And if your thinking is stinking, then you'll have stinking things in your circumstances. So you got to guard your mouth and your tongue. But if you're going to guard your mouth and your tongue, it requires first and foremost, it requires guarding your thoughts and your beliefs. You got to guard your thoughts. You know, it's been said that the mind is the devil's playground. And the devil has been playing around in many of our minds much too long. It's time to tell the devil, recess time has ended. Time is up. No more playing in my mind. I'm going to guard my thoughts. I'm going to guard my beliefs. Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, he had cast out of a man a dumb spirit, a, a, a blind and dumb spirit. Can you imagine a person have a blind and a dumb spirit? This man had a blind and a dumb spirit. Jesus cast the devil out of this man. This man can now see. This man can now speak. But the Pharisees said, he did it by the power of Beelzebub, Lord of the flies. And you know what Jesus said to those Pharisees? You know what he said to those religious people? He says, oh, generation of vipers. That's why right. he called them vipers. He says, oh, all you are, your old generation of vipers. And how can you, being evil, Speak good. You just can't do it. It's not in you. If you haven't renewed your mind, if you haven't made a commitment that you're going to stand on God's word, you're going to say what God said, then how can you ever speak good? How can you ever speak the positive or even think the positive? 
How can you ever do it? Jesus says, you're just an old brood of vipers, an old generation of vipers. How can you, being as evil as you are, speak good? Then he went on to say, for out of the abundance of the heart, listen to me, beloved, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart, beloved, is a repository of thoughts. And who made the deposit? Your mind. Your mind will make deposits in your heart. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And I like that, that he said out of the abundance. He qualified it. Just because you have one negative thought doesn't mean you're, you, you, you're part of the brood of vipers. You say one negative thing, you're part of the brood of vipers. No, no, no. He said out of the abundance of it. If you're feeding on negative thoughts, if you're feeding on negative words day in and day out, then they're filling your heart. And out of the abundance of your heart, you will speak. But how can you speak? Being evil, how can you say something good? Jesus said you just can't say something good when you're evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. So what is stinking thinking? Mm. You know, when I think of the words stinking or even stinky, I think of odors. So what is stinking thinking? Stinking thinking or ungodly thoughts? Ungodly thoughts. Thoughts of doubt and unbelief. When are we going to stop doubting? When are we going to stop the unbelief and make up our minds we're going to believe God? If God said it, I'm going to believe what God said. Anything short of that is thinking, thinking. See, here's the bottom line. If you think in line with the word of God, you will believe in line with the word of God. And if you believe in line with the word of God, then you will speak in line with the word of God. You got to think at first. Then you got to believe it. And see, if you think it first and believe it, then your mind is making deposits in the repository of your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, you will speak. So if you think it and you're thinking it in line with the word of God, then you believe in line with the word of God. And if you believe in line with the word of God, then you will speak in line with the word of God. Glory to God. Love, we just got to avoid saying all this negative stuff. We got to avoid saying negative things. Here's some of the negative things we say, and we don't even give a second thought about these things. They just escape out of our mouths. And we don't know where it came from, but I'm telling you, it came from your heart. You're speaking from your heart. Some of the negative things we say is, I'm broke. Oh, what a bad confession. The Lord never said you were broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. Then some of us will actually say, I'm sick. Scripture clearly tells us that the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. 
Isaiah 33, verse 24, I believe. The inhabitant shall not say I am sick, for they that dwell in Zion shall be forgiven of their iniquities. If you are saved, you are a dweller of Zion. And in Zion, we don't say we are sick. Because by his stripes, not only have we been forgiven, we have been healed. So we say stuff like I'm broke, I'm sick. We'll say stuff like I'm coming down with something. Then get out of the way. If you're coming down with something, get out of the way. So when it comes down, it misses you. We'll say stuff like I'm catching a cold. Why do you want to catch a cold? Why don't you just drop that cold or block that cold? But no, we want to catch a cold, huh? Then we get upset with folks sometimes. We'll tell them, you make me sick. You make me sick. Why would you give somebody that much power over you to make you sick? You have what you say, huh? And we say this sometimes, you usually hear the sisters saying this, when they're in their fancy shoes, high heels, oh, my feet are killing me. Oh, my feet, are, honey, you will have what you say. If your feet are killing you, you need to take those shoes off. Lay them to the side. Take them back. Get a refund. Don't let those shoes kill you. My feet are killing me. Then sometimes they'll say, well, you know what? I I'm just scared to death. But God don't want us to be scared to death. God wants us to have faith unto life. He wants us to hope in every situation, to have faith in every situation, not to be scared to death. But you'll have what you say. Glory to God. So what is the answer to this, to stinking thinking? What is the answer? Well, we got to captivate and void the negative thoughts and the negative words. You first have to captivate them. You don't captivate them first, you can't void them out. You got to pay attention to the things that come out of your mouth because words have power. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Listen to this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? Those strongholds are thoughts. Those strongholds are arguments. Are arguments. You cannot accept the thoughts of the enemy. You cannot accept the arguments that the enemy is making in your mind. You can't accept it. Those arguments is about doubt, unbelief, about fear. They're about the negative. But thank God that he's given us weapons. And those weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, we have the weapon of the word of God. We have the weapon of the power of the Holy Ghost. We have the weapon of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have weapons to stand against the wiles of the enemy. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.